0: Welcome, everybody, to week two of the Romans 5 series. Um, We're going to get to Romans 5 here in a minute. If you guys want to get there in your phones or your bottles or your iPads or your whatever else you can read the Bible on. Um, But you know what's interesting is you'll find different people in your life that tend to be, um, well, their words tend to mean something different. If it comes from one person versus another person, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so, for example, you might have a friend that would say, like, hey, I'd take a bullet for you. Like, and they, they might actually mean that. You might actually know somebody who's going to take a bullet for you, right? But then on the other hand, I don't care how many times Marno Bruno, uh, Bruno Mars says it, he's not going to catch a grenade for you. Like, it's just never going to happen. Sorry if that's news. And like, I have an insurance company that I work with that is great. If there's an issue, they call me up. They're like, hey Matt, did you mean to cancel this? No, I did not, thank you. I know they have my back, I know they trust me. And then another party calls me about my car's extended warranty. And I just, I don't trust them as much. So you might find people where their words mean different things. I've known a lot of people where anytime they say something, I I had to wonder if it was really true. And I've also known people that when they say they're going to do something, I know they're going to do it, and oftentimes immediately. So with that, thinking in that, we're going to be talking about faith today, or as our favorite Irish pastor would say, fiat. And I once heard a guy talking about Pastor Trevor, and they were like, Trevor is the only person I've ever known to make faith a three-syllable word. (laughs) Fiat. Okay, I think I think Trevor likes it. But anyway, before we dive 100% into that, can anyone tell me what we discussed last week? Does anyone remember if you were here? Was that a hand? No, I wasn't here. Oh, okay. That would have been crazy if you knew then. Was anyone here last week? Was it, uh, all right, Matt, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Um, i like, like a Guess here. Well, I know I know what I talked about last week. So that's well, yeah. very that's where, that's where we're different. Uh, was it uh, Romans 5? It was in Romans chapter 5. That's good. Thanks yeah. for being there with uh, me. Was it verses 1 through 11? Surprisingly, no. So, but that's okay. I'll, I'll yeah, now you would think that we'd start the Romans 5 series in Romans 5.1, but uh, we didn't. So, and that's okay, but um, I'll tell you, what we, what we talked about was being reconciled to God, the Father, through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's what we were talking about last week, and why were we talking about that last week? Somebody help me here, come on. Because you were going to present it well, in it. Because it was Easter. Yeah, but I know what you're saying, and you are right. So, yeah, thank you. Jack listens to me. Thanks, Jack. All right, so nobody listens to me. That's all right. Anyway, last question, and then we'll move on from the from the quiz. Uh, who, who wrote the Book of Romans? I, just say it. Yeah, Paul, thank you. Paul wrote the Book of Romans. All right. We're through that. Participation's over. I'm never going to do that again. But uh, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) let's let's pray, and then we'll get into Romans 5. Dear God, thank you for your word, and thank you for your truth that we can find in your word. That we don't have to question whether or not it's relevant, whether it's applicable for us, uh, but that we can know. I pray that your spirit's here, just working in every one of us, and that we're growing to know you better. Um, give me the right words to say and give us the, the ears to listen and interpret your word and your truth here today. Thank you. Amen. All right, Romans 5. We're going to start at verse 1. Um, here we go. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Um, so, in those just short verses, uh, I appreciate seeing the overlap that was in those verses and what we were talking about last week. Um, and the kind of the two that stick out to me here is that it talks about um, having peace with God through Jesus Christ, and last week we were talking about being reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. And I like that um, it doubles down on that. And then the other thing that, um, that it was, was we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It said that here in um, verse 2. And in Romans 5.11 that we were talking about last week, it says, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're seeing a trend happening here where we're receiving and rejoicing. And we've received reconciliation through Jesus, and we've received peace through Jesus, and we rejoice in God, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we see this pattern of receiving and rejoicing. And that's not what I want to focus on today, but I thought it was, it was valuable to notice, bring up, and um, to, to put into application even here tonight. So... Um, I want to just take a moment right now in total silence and just reflect on that. Like what what has God blessed you with? What has God given you? Because all good gifts come from the Father. So what has He given you? And then rejoice in that. If you can't think of anything, you know what you should start with? You should start with the reconciliation to God and the peace of God and rejoice in that and rejoice in the glory of God. So let's just take a moment. hopefully you found that even in that short time that you are extremely blessed that you have received so much from the Father and that you can rejoice in that and um, you know maybe maybe you didn't find that, maybe that was really hard maybe you couldn't think of anything other than the peace and the um, reconciliation and if that's the case I challenge you to work on that because I assure you that you have received great things from God, so if it, it will work on it, regardless. But especially if that is a difficult task for you. All right. So now <clears throat> um, we're going to get into more kind of what I what I wanted to talk about tonight, um, and we're going to start by just start starting to read. Those, those verses again um, so what does this say it says therefore alright stop that's as far as we're going to go so um, something, something that I like there's a great saying and I think I've shared it before oh I said I said the participation was over here's a little more participation if you see the word therefore does anyone know how to finish that what it's there for? yeah find out what it's there for very good. Uh, I, <laughs> I just watched the best fist bump in the world happen. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. And what does that mean? When they're using the word therefore, when a verse starts with therefore, when a chapter starts with therefore, they're referencing something that they had previously said. So when something says therefore, when we read this chapter, therefore, well, we've got to go back and see what they were talking about. So we're going to go back to um, chapter 4, verse 17, is where we're going to start. Um, And this is Paul, the author of Romans, talking about the faith of Abraham. So it says, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence, the things that do not exist, In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Verse 22, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who was raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So I really like this passage. I really like it in a number of things. Um, The one big thing that stood out to me was the way it described God. It said that God gives life to the dead. God gives life to the dead. And the other thing it said right after that is that he calls into existence the things that do not exist. So, what's it he saying? He, he, he brings life out of what's dead. That's, that's not possible, right? He calls into existence things that do not exist. That's not possible. That shouldn't be possible, right? But remember what we were talking about earlier today, how some people are more trustworthy than others. Well, God is 100% trustworthy, and you can have faith in that. If he says it, it's going to happen. And I think as I was reading this, I realized like it's, it's easy to have faith in God. It's easy to say, Oh yeah, I, I, believe, I believe in God. I know that he's done these things. And I believe that, he's, that he died for me. I believe that he's coming back. And I think it's really easy until he's going to do something impossible. I think that it gets a little bit harder at that point. And we see that in the Bible multiple times, where God says that he's going to do something impossible, or God's about to do something impossible. And like, so imagine having faith as Mary when God told you, or God told her, that she was going to conceive a child. Like, that's not possible. And I think that would be kind of hard to have faith in. Imagine having faith when... Jesus calls Peter out onto the water. And he's about to walk on water for the first and only time in his whole life. Probably only time. It wasn't documented. But I think that's probably a hard time to have faith. Imagine having faith as Moses was about to, as God was about to part the Red Sea, right? You come up to what looks like your death. I think that would be a pretty hard time to have faith. When God says that he's going to do something that's not possible. Like Mary shouldn't have been able to have a baby. Peter shouldn't have been able to walk on the water. Red Sea shouldn't have been able to split apart. But they did. And that's the God that you can put faith in. It's not like any sort of earthly relationship that you have. Because any earthly relationship you have there's a chance that They're going to tell you something that's not going to be true. Or they're going to say they're going to do something and it's not going to happen. Again, some people are more trustworthy than others, but the only relationship that you have that 100% in is with God. He gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist now I want to look at Abraham's faith um, specifically, starting at verse 19, still chapter 4, verse 19. Paul describes his faith as he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. This guy was 100 years old, or almost 100 years old. He was as good as dead, but when God told him he was going to have a child, what does it say? It says he did not weaken in faith. Or when, and picking back up with the scripture, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Abraham had faith that God was going to do what he said even though it wasn't possible. And it makes me realize something as I was writing this. That we all want miracles. We all pray for miracles. But if God were to tell us that he's about to do something impossible, that he's about to perform a miracle, that if he told me that in my life something is going to come into existence that does not exist that he's about to bring life from what's dead I'm not sure I'd really be ready for that to be honest I might pray for miracles want miracles to happen but if I heard it was about to I think I might doubt if I'm being honest Do we actually have enough faith to accept that? And I I hope you do. I hope you have faith like Abraham. But he's not the only one in the Bible where God said he was going to do impossible things for. Because I want to be like Abraham, right? I want you guys to be like Abraham. Unwavering in faith. Not weakened by impossible things. But I think sometimes I'm more like a long list of other people in the Bible. Remember in the, the Christmas series, we were talking about Zechariah. An angel came to him and said his, his wife was going to have a baby. And what happened? He, he's like, what proof do you have of this? He, he didn't believe just the words that the angel said. And because of that, he couldn't speak until the baby was born. We see Thomas, who didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, what our whole faith is based on. And he wouldn't believe until Jesus presented himself to Thomas and allowed Thomas to feel the wounds, feel the scars on his body. We have Peter, who's called out into the ocean. And what happened? He sank. Well, just for a little bit. But I think too often that's my type of faith. Where I might say, I might think I want miracles, but when a miracle actually shows up, I doubt. I want the Abraham faith. And let's make that our prayer tonight. That that we could have faith that, that doesn't waver. It doesn't weaken. And just, just that our faith is increased. And you know what else? Um, something I've been thinking about recently is that it doesn't take a lot of faith to do great things. Just a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. I want, I want that faith. I want to use that faith. Even the little faith that I have, I want to use it better. One other thing, then I'll wrap up. There was a question asked to me. Um, something along the lines of, what would you do if if you knew God heard your prayers? And I thought about it, and I would probably pray more and pray better. Or or if God answered your prayers, I think is what it was. I'd probably pray more and pray better. Um, But God does hear your prayers, and He answers prayers every day. And what's stopping me from praying more and praying better? More specific prayers, more heartfelt prayers. Prayers with with more faith and prayers for more faith. So, uh, I'm going to close in prayer and then we'll split up. Father, I first... Pray for your forgiveness, just for my lack of faith, for not always trusting you, not always trusting your timeline, trusting you know what's best. I pray that, that you increase my faith, that the little bit of faith that I have, that you could multiply it and use it. I pray for this group and just that their faith would be increased, that we would have faith like Abraham, that when you do impossible things, we don't weaken, we don't doubt, we don't waver from our faith in you, but that actually that faith is made stronger. Help us to pray better prayers, knowing that you hear us, knowing that you answer us knowing that you care. May you give us faith, and may we use that faith. Thank you.